Welcome back, boils and ghouls, to Handle Whisker. We are a horror podcast presented by the Slashing Cast Network discussing horror movies and the phobias they emphasize. I am your host, Emily Drung, and tonight I'm joined by none other than my co-host, Holly Hooch. That's me. Yeah, that is you. So, Holly, we uh, we talked about uh, our uh, a pandemic movie, basically, with the Saskia mm-hmm. sisters' reimagination of David Cronenberg's Rabid, uh, where, you know, we got to see what the... You know, some people are willing to do to look beautiful in this case. It's a lot. Uh, it's... Eating people. It is a lot. I'd consider it. <laughs> so, now... I'd be like, mm. What if I just took like a thigh and I didn't have to kill somebody? I don't know. Yeah. Was that creepy? All right, let's, <laughs> talk, let's talk about the new movie. Let's move right away from that joke. Yeah, so uh, we, we go from chasing perfection from a, a beauty standpoint uh, to... God, the way that they describe it in the movie is so lame. Uh, but this is more like trying to be the perfect student in a way. Right. Uh, or, you know, reaching an elevated, uh, elevated, just a, uh, f- shoot, I don't know what other words to <laughs> use. A higher level of being when it comes to being a musician, in this mm. particular case, being a celloist. Which honestly, like, I am a musician and I was like, that sounds fine. What's the big deal? But I guess it was transcendent. Uh-huh. And then you think, like, well, how much money can you make doing that? <laughs> how many really big jobs are there for that? I don't know. But let's get started. There's, on... there's definitely a few. But anyway. The Perfection. So tonight, <laughs> The Perfection, which is a Netflix original release in 2018, uh, directed by Richard Shepard. Uh, synopsis for this one is when a troubled musical prodigy, Charlotte, seeks out Elizabeth the new star pupil of her former school. The, uh, the encounter sends both musicians down a sinister path with shocking consequences. And, okay. So, not knowing anything going in about this movie outside of seeing the poster, you know, as I mentioned last week, um, I am an orchestra nerd, so, like, that was the first thing that I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot, you know? And I, I know you had mentioned that, you know, not a people are too keen on this movie as a whole. Right. I think um, there's a couple of different reasons, but there's some of the reasons I I just can't connect with. And so I really wanted to talk about it to so that you could explain it to me, T, mm-hmm. why people hate this movie so much. But I've got some theories because overall, I didn't I didn't see what was so um, annoying about the movie. Mm-hmm. But should we kick it off? Yeah, let's jump into it. So uh, we open to see like this young woman sitting beside her alien mother, uh, who's been sick for quite some time. Uh, this is one of our cellists, uh, who in this case is Charlotte, uh, who has been you know out of the game for the past ten years in order to take care of her mother. Mm-hmm. So after her mother passes away. Uh, she asks to join back with this, uh, like, academy, a music academy that she had been studying at prior. Uh, and, you know, she's she said her, her sights set on it for a while, but she basically had to put everything on hold in order to take care of her mom. So we see Charlotte traveling to Shanghai, uh, and that's when we see this billboard 
uh, for the Opera House, which has Elizabeth Wells on it, which is like the new star pupil. She's the one who's been getting all of these major gigs. And, you know, Charlotte basically goes to this Opera House uh, where she bumps into uh, like the directors at this music academy. Uh, and, you know, their their whole, like, event is being planned. We're going to give away this four-year live-in scholarship uh, on the line for, like, this contest where, you know, they're going to pick out, you know, like, who their next prodigy, so to speak, is going to be at uh, the academy. Uh, so we meet Elizabeth, who is, you know, the prize protege, you know, and she is the one who is judging the contest for that night. Uh, and, you know, her music is basically described in a way that it is the closest to God as you can get without, like, looking at it from, like, a morbid perspective, right? <laughs> like, I guess. So, so, uh, you know, the director mentions Charlotte by name, uh, and, you know, how she had to put everything on hold in order to take care of her mom, and, you know, he sets her up to be the second judge for this contest, uh, so, you know, we have the meeting between the two, uh, Charlotte and, and Elizabeth, who goes by Lizzie in this case. Uh, so the two of them are meeting for the first time. And they have, like, this whole, like, lovey-dovey, like, gushing over one another about, like, how much they've enjoyed the other person's music and their career. Uh, and how Lizzie had idolized Charlotte's work growing up. Uh, and, you know, the contest starts to happen, and, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of gossip going on with Lizzie in particular. They're uh, bonding. Yeah, they're, they're making up they're for lost times, and they are flirting, uh, too, which, you know, ha has its Pretty reasons, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, but, you know, Lizzie is gossiping about, you know, a few of the parents that are in the crowd, uh, who are cheating on one another, in this case. And, you know, Lizzie's just, like, side-eyeing them the entire time, trying to get, like, Charlotte's attention to be like, hey, you know, look what's going on here. And, like, watching, like, every move that they make. So you see, like, one of the, uh, one of the moms, like, you see, like, stepping away, acting like she's gonna go to the bathroom, only to brush up against, like, one of the other dads in the audience. And, the like, crotch. grabbing his the hand, crotch. and then, you know, cusping his you know, crotch in this case. In front of everyone. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, Lizzie just... No kid yeah. is that interesting on stage that you're not going to notice somebody getting rubbed over the pants <laughs> on the side. It's never going to happen. I'm always going to notice that. Yeah, okay? yeah, especially, you know, it's not like there's a ton of people, you know. No. I'm always going to point. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Lizzie Look just... Look at that, guys! Yeah, <laughs> Lizzie just looks over and she's like, you know, I know I shouldn't stare, but, like, the shit makes me wet. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Pay attention, Lizzie. I was like, Lizzie, like you you're here to judge a contest, but of course, like she's like, oh well, I already know all of these uh all these people mm -hmm. playing. Like I, I know who's gonna win. Like it's like this nine-year-old Chinese girl uh <laughs> who's like the odds on favorite, and she's just mm -hmm. she's too distracted by the other stories that are being told told around her, which I thought was pretty interesting. But you know, right away. You know, it, it's clear that Charlotte and Lizzie have this sort of connection. Right. Uh, and, you know, they're basically just talking things over about, you know, the amount of pressure that they felt uh, to be perfect at all times. And... And then, bam! 
you know, Lissy feels like she just... Are we there yet? No. She can't leave <laughs> uh, because, you know, the work is what is expected of them. So, like, this academy has such a prestige that, like, you are expected to be spot on at all times. And if you're not spot on, then there are going to be consequences, which we learn much later on in this movie. And bad. those consequences are probably what drove quite a few people away from this movie. Just with the subject matter. And then Bam? And then Bam? What 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 Bam are you talking about? Are are you talking about the, the, the hot the, the hot the, hot makeup set? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Cause uh, I got distracted the first time I was watching the movie and they're having this like heart to heart on like this balcony or something and talking about vacationing and, uh, and then bam, yeah. right into some really hot sex. I'm like, what is happening? And then I was like, well, shit, now I got to rewind it. <laughs> yeah. So, you and know, this, this whole time, Lizzie's just like, man, all this pressure and she's just like, I, I don't miss that shit at all. You know, Lizzie's going to be on vacation starting tomorrow. And, you know, she, she wants to cause a little bit of trouble. So like, this is someone who, uh, hasn't been too adventurous, and then she ends up hooking up with uh, with Charlotte. But be- before we even get there, you know, we ha- we see this man violently throwing up at the opera house. Oh, that's right. And he collapses on on the ground in front of the two. Mm-hmm. And you know, we we hear like some other gossip happening nearby, uh, where one of the girls comments like that there is this fever happening down south, uh, which is like contagion like stuff. That's it's kind of creepy if you yeah. think about it. Yeah, so that's when, you know, Lizzie invites Charlotte out dancing later on in the night. Uh, and then bam. And one thing leads to another, and then they eventually hook up, which, uh, come to find out, you know, like, that that was Charlotte's first time. Uh, man or woman, in this case, you know? Cause, she uh, pretty well, then. She's, My first she, time was a mess. She's She was busy taking care of her mother, but, you know, when I watched this movie... It's it was very hard for me not to make comparisons to Black Swan. Because right, yeah. it's it's a very similar structure, you know. Um there there are things that play out in this movie that on a first like playthrough and seeing how things unfold, not not knowing the full picture later on, there are a lot of things that are like tit for tat between the two. That's true. Because there and, are very, very similar notes. And I really was considering Black Swan for this particular phobia, but I don't really see it as a phobia. But I don't really see it as a straightforward horror. Mm-hmm. It's more thriller drama. And um, yeah. And so that was basically one of the reasons, you know, I didn't even offer it up. But I mean, it, it really fits in with the, the the fear of not being perfect or fear of perfection. Mm-hmm. So... But here we go, and now we got the the horror version of it. Yeah. So bam, we had to do it, and it's called the perfection. I mean, like, how can we? I mean, how can we avoid for... it? <laughs> it's kind of hard not to. <laughs> but yeah, I I, re- I remember when Black Swan came out, and you know, I was hearing so much hype behind it, and I saw it for the first time. I was like, okay, let let's let's see what what the big ordeal is, and then you know, you get to the whole hookup scene with uh, Natalie Portman and uh, Mila Kunis, News. and it's just like. News. I, I I understand why people like that movie solely because of that, but there there the imagery in that movie is more of what stands out more than anything for me. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good movie, but the 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 makeout scene is kind of snoozeville. 
Not like the fucking perfection, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, that got steamy. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a perv, I guess. Let's, let's I mean, you, <laughs> yeah, you're just like Lizzie in this case. Oh, uh, dear. Constantly okay. <laughs> just wanted to be a voyeur uh, and spying on the other people. But anyways. <laughs> uh, she can do. Why can't I? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, but anyways, anyway, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> yes. I know we well, skipped some stuff because there was like a duet. We didn't. Was there? There was a duet piece between the two. Oh, yeah. That was when they were still at the concert hall. And yeah, because and it wasn't a, a duet. I thought it was. It was just a duet a only time. because Lizzie would only play oh, the that's piece right, that's right. if Charlotte yes. would join her. But Charlotte was being that's pretty right. hard on herself uh, because like. That's- she hasn't she, played in a long time. She hasn't played in a while, and she considered herself to be, like, an amateur at that point. But, you know, mm-hmm. Lizzie kind of, like, eased her uh, by telling right. her, you know, like, you know, you, you make my heart skip a beat or, like, something like that. And then it's Not a super important part, but yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that, wait to get to the that really part. solidified, like, the connection between the two outside of, like, the initial flirting and the voyeurism. And then you get the sex. But, yeah. <laughs> that really sealed the deal. So uh, right after they connect and they spend the night together, uh, Lizzie tells Charlotte that, well, this, well, she'd already told her this is the beginning of her two week vacation. Mm-hmm. And she invites her to come along and spend some time with her because she had planned a solo trip anyway. And uh, and Charlotte agrees and they book bus travel to another location. Yeah, but uh, Lizzie not really adjusting too well to the vacation mm-hmm. life, you know, too much drinking. <laughs> she's hungover. She's in China, whole like you know, faraway country. So mm-hmm. you know, like your your stomach gets messed up when you when you do big international travel like that. Believe me, I know it gets messed up. So yeah. she's not feeling that great. Yeah, she just she has that mindset from the academy where you know she's just gonna play through the tough pain, it out. you know, tough it out. Uh, so you know, Lissy oh, takes two weeks <laughs> a handful of ibuprofen on an empty stomach, uh, and she starts to complain that her stomach is just ripping her apart. Uh, and that's when we see uh, her vomiting, much like the man did prior at the opera house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Charlotte just heads off uh, to, like, off the bus in this case, because uh, they are traveling out west uh, to, you know, like, kind of kind of take care of Lizzie. Because, you know, for a while there, Lizzie's stomach was just so tied in knots she you know she felt like she was gonna shit herself on the bus and you know oh, that was really sad there was a lot of uh communication problems between because like right Lizzie only spoke a little bit of mandarin and you know you had charlotte, charlotte spoke zero spoke yeah. zero and like only one uh one one bus, of the bus uh, uh attendees or yeah writers one of the bus writers, writers. Yeah. <laughs> one of the passengers bus passengers why is so hard <laughs> somebody knew a little bit of english or actually quite a bit of good English but uh you know they're on this bus that's uh, like non-stop to the next town they're in the mm-hmm. middle of nowhere and nobody really wants to stop and then once they do stop because Charlotte makes a scene um they're so clearly like Liz is, Lizzie's so clearly sick I would have been the same I'm like oh my god get her off the bus Jesus mm-hmm. and so she's ushered off the bus or she I'm sorry she slowly leaves the bus because she's so afraid she's gonna soil herself and uh, which I, I was actually pretty anxious at that scene because that's my biggest nightmare, tell the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she does have to go on the side of the bus and it sucks. And then they get left behind. That was a little bit later, though, because they do get back on the bus. Oh, and, shoot, you're you know, right. They, the passengers want their tensions kind of eased uh, because one of them hands Lizzie a face mask 
because they don't want to get sick. Right, that's uh, right. In this case. So, you know, for a while there, you know, Lizzie is, uh, you know, complaining a lot, obviously, because she's under the weather. Uh, and Charlotte tries to distract Lizzie from the pain by playing this ABCs game where they're going to list different composers back and forth from A to Z. Uh, but, you know, that doesn't really help. Lizzie still vomits on the bus window. Uh, and we see within the vomits are a bunch of, like, these maggots. Bugs. Or bugs, in this case. Uh, and Lizzie sees this, freaks the fuck out. <laughs> Understandably so. And uh, starts to, like, scratch her arms. And, you know, she starts to complain that, you know, something is, is inside of her. And this is when the driver just loses his shit. Wants, like, get the fuck off the wants bus. Wants the two off the bus. Okay. Uh, and, you know, Lizzie is just trying to stop the pain. She starts to bash her head up against the window. Uh, and the driver at this point just is completely irate, drags Liz Lizzie off the bus. And we see a, a little bit of fight between, like, one of the passengers and a bus driver trying to prevent it from happening. The one that has been helping, uh, like, translate in this mm -hmm. case. Uh, but eventually, you know, they get dropped off in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but the passenger does like hand off like a couple of bottles of water because Lizzie has been pretty dehydrated throughout like the mm -hmm. sequence as well. Uh, but you know, right away, like the, the whole vomit and then seeing the bug image uh, on the window, I was like, Oh damn, like this shit is serious. Like I, yeah, I don't know where this is going, but like she's already scratching. So like it basically alluded to the, uh, the skin crawling scene that was about to, uh, happen where you know we see the bugs like breaking through Lizzie's skin. Uh, Lizzie ends up vomiting again, again spitting out more bugs, and they're just like scattering all over the ground. And in that moment, Ollie, I'm just like, what the hell are we watching? <laughs> Although that bus driver, I gotta hand it to him. I was like, hey, that's honestly all the bus drivers I've ever known are like that. They're like, get mm -hmm. the fuck off the bus. <laughs> well, except We're he couldn't stop it. He couldn't clearly communicate though. Well, you know, they can they can make themselves known, bus drivers, understood. So anyway, yeah, they're on the side of the road. The bus is taken off. There's shit crawling all over Lizzie. And then... And then uh, something happens. And then the big thing happens. Yep, Charlotte hands Lizzie a cleaver. <laughs> and Lizzie cuts her infected hand off. Okay, this is the part of the movie... You hate it? The, the twofer, right? The twofer. That I absolutely despise in movies is when okay. they do this whole, okay, we're gonna rewind back yeah, to the prior events because they do that. that multiple. They do it twice in this movie, I and twice. you know, it is annoying. I, I get it because it's unraveling elements of the story that we didn't know about, right? Mm -hmm. And each time, it's we're learning more and more. So I, I get it. So this, this is where they play true uh to the or orchestral drama that can occur when it comes to chairs whether it's an orchestra or band rivalries within first and second chair are extremely real oh really yes there did you have one Were did you i or the envier no i was i was the second violinist so i wasn't like one of the first violinists who play the harder parts but, you know, there's always competition between, mm -hmm. like, the top students. Uh, and the orchestra that I was in was 
uh, kind of like the the award winning one out of our state. Whoa, like we were we were nice. we were the ones who would like travel, uh, to Canada. <laughs> don't mind you to Toronto <laughs> in order to compete each other's hands <laughs> to to compete against other schools. And you know what was interesting is like we had our our chamber orchestra, which is like mm-hmm. most of the first violinists and like the b- better students, actually competing against our normal orchestra. So like we were actually like competing against ourselves. In this competition, on top of these other schools, but that's besides the point. But you know, there there are times where be- behavior towards one another can be vindictive, not to the Somebody level, not to the level that we see from Charlotte in this movie. But but like, oh. it wouldn't be the first time someone has tried to jump the line. Is what I'm getting at. <laughs> you Holy know, in, in this Sounds case, vicious. That's not everywhere so- though. So, but so you, you kind of you like that part then you like yes, the the, rea- it, the reality it, of the it, it was true it was true to what I would expect and it was very it was similar to what you would see in like Black Swan even you know mm-hmm. so it's another uh, step for step so they're going the sabotage direction where I'm like okay I can get behind this and I'm like okay where where are they going to go to get the revenge for Lizzie in this case but anyways right so we rewind back to the morning where Lizzie. Uh, and Charlotte are back in bed after hooking up after, you know, their first day of travel or whatever. And uh, come to find out, you know, Charlotte had swapped out uh, the pills that she gave to Lizzie, which Lizzie thought was ibuprofen. Uh, and come to find out, like, whatever medication that she gave Lizzie was causing her to hallucinate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Charlotte was the one who convinced Lizzie that, you know, everything was real. Uh, she she called out her- the bugs. Before they were there, yeah. Mm -hmm. She kept planting ideas in her head, like saying, like uh, swatting her on the on the back, saying like, "Oh, just a little bug," Mm -hmm. you know, just putting like planting seeds, bug seeds, grubs, yeah, planting Mm -hmm. grubs. Perfect. And uh, (laughs) and you know, she was the one who convinced you know Lizzie, hey, you know, we need to take care of this. Cut your hand off. And And then they show her. They show them at a restaurant, and. uh, Charlotte is standing next to uh, a wall of cleavers, mm-hmm. and so then you, you to imply that she stole one and just had it ready mm-hmm. to to let Lizzie like. Chop yeah, her so hand she's off. not just carried a cleaver everywhere she goes. Like it's not like a normal like travel. It was planned. <laughs> yeah, it was planned in this case. But anyways, fast forward three weeks, uh, and not like literally fast forward and like we like the rewind, you know. In this case, we just jump ahead three weeks, uh, and we're back in Boston at the uh, the Back Off Academy of Music, which is where these two students had studied. Uh, this is where uh, Shane Lee, the uh, the young Chinese uh, girl who won the contest back in Shanghai, arrives, uh, getting dropped off by her mother, and we see Lizzie showing up at the academy in the middle of the night, uh, with her stub hand. After she, you know, cut her hand off with the cleaver. Uh, so basically what happens is, you know, Lissy was found on the side of uh, of a mountain, drugged out of her mind, uh, with only a tourniquet keeping her alive. <laughs> and it's like, okay. So, uh... Take that first year. <laughs> and, and, and back off his, like, uh... You can't stay here. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, at first they're nice. They're like, yeah, yeah, come on in. What's the problem? What happened? Mm-hmm. 
What can we do for you? Yeah, so like, they're nice at first. Yeah, yeah. What, the, what the fuck happened? And, uh... We're looking for you. Yeah, they're trying to, like, put her in a new place and uh, pay for it. But, you know, Lizzie doesn't want to do that. She wants to teach at the academy. Uh, she but, wants you to know, stay with them, yeah. They, they already have uh, quite a few teachers on, on hand in this case. Uh, and, you know, Lizzie basically storms off and she punches... Not with her stub hand, her, her actual fist, you know, in this case. Uh, a framed picture of Charlotte on the way out the door. <laughs> so, yeah. again, like, you know, the whole vindictive aspect, it's like, okay. So, well, at this point, I was like... Angry. Yes. I mean, it's just anger. <laughs> that, it was very vicious, more really over the top. So, for me, at this point, I'm like, okay, what is Lizzie going to do at this point mm -hmm. in time to to get back at her because Revenge. You, you don't necessarily get the impression that charlotte is wanting to get back to the academy right because she's not there right so like that was the part that was kind of confusing me because like i i never felt mm -hmm. like charlotte wanted to be in that position to like have her spot but i mean it could also have been just um just hatred that she didn't have that or she wasn't part of that world anymore so even if she wasn't, you know, there, mm -hmm. she took somebody else out. Right. Just, you know, I can't have it, neither can you. Yeah, because so the opportunity at that level. Yeah, the mm -hmm. opportunity was taken away from her and not by choice. Because well, she had so she had to take she had to take care of her mother in this case. Yes, or so we think. Dun 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 dun. So we head back to Minneapolis, uh, where Charlotte is uh you know, prepping some dinner. You know, she's cutting some tomatoes. Uh, Allison Williams. <laughs> and she's uh, and how many how many people of color's lives is Allison Williams gonna destroy? I don't know if you knew her in Girl. She did it. She did it in Get Out, and now she's doing it in the Perfection. I'm not sure, but uh, I'm gonna say three, three. <laughs> I'll pick the Oprah in this case. Uh, but Charlotte gets distracted by someone knocking over some garbage cans somewhere in in the neighborhood. Although, um, did you notice when she looks out the window, like, there's cars passing mm -hmm. by. She's got neighbors with their lights on. So I was like, could, yeah, you could just scream. <laughs> but that's not where we're at. Nope. And then she hears a noise inside the house. So, you know, she goes to uh, investigate the strange noise or something. And that's when Lizzie attacks Charlotte with the stun gun and repeatedly stomps her on the ground. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, this bitch is going to get it at this, yeah. this point in time. All right, what's next? Well, we head back to the academy uh, where Anton is, who is the main instructor. And, you know, Lizzie is waiting for Anton in this case, uh, standing in front of her car. And uh, Lizzie has brought something for Anton, something that Anton wanted. Sort of. She's got Charlotte. And that's Charlotte, yeah. Who's uh, Charlotte. In the back of the truck of the car. And I was like, huh. I mean, I guess. But, you know, Charlotte, uh, th this whole time is uh, trying to say, like, you know, she was just trying to help Lizzie. You know, she knew. Uh, well, she comes out with everything right away. Yeah, like she, she knew what she had to do to uh, get this musical note tattoo, which both of them have. Because uh, it, it symbolizes, like, that they were the, the chosen one. Uh, so to speak, but this... Well, this is actually pretty... It's a common thing that uh, traffic children get tattooed mm -hmm. yeah. as property like that, and it's uh, that's kind of like what that is indicating. Mm -hmm. but yeah, so the Academy has essentially been brainwashing 
uh, the protégés. Uh, and that's why it's they are the way that they are. And that's sexually why... Sexually abusing them, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we learn more about, like, what Charlotte has gone through. Uh, she's actually spent years in and out of mental hospitals. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, we see, like, some shock therapy. We see them, like, uh, basically, like, buzzing off all of her hair as well. And, you know, Charlotte had this idea to, you know, come back to save Lizzie from Anton. And that's when we get, like, the flashback sequence of Charlotte when she was younger, uh, where, you know, she's having, like, this one-on-one -on -one session with Anton, and she's doing a performance in, like, this, uh... Performance like, it's like chamber. It's like a chapel of sorts. Room. Yeah, and they call it a chapel, too. That's what they refer to it as, just because of a room of reverence where... The acoustics are perfect, and it's really good wood or some shit. I don't know, mm. but it is a very nice room. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that much. Yeah. So you know, Charlotte makes a mistake during this performance, uh, and that's when we see Anton lashing out, noting, you know, that, you know, we don't make mistakes here. You know, my name is on the outside of this building, and you know, there's a long line of people that have come through here. Uh, and that's when we see these two other instructor instructors enter the room. Uh, and, you know, they note, like, the significance of the tattoo. Uh, which obviously has a different meaning to them. <laughs> um, and, you know, we, we get the background, and it's, it, it's very evident at this point, because we see Anton, like, stripped down, like, that, you know, these protégés are being sexually abused by all of the instructors the yeah. at this academy. And it's just like, at, at that point, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, because initially, like, when I, when I saw the, the mm -hmm. tattoo on one of them, I didn't make anything of it. But when I saw it on both yeah, of them, you know, then you're like, wait, uh, there's definitely something there. Yes. No, that's not, that's not just a coincidence in this case. All right, where am I? I'm trying to see... Yeah, you stopped. You stopped at the part that you shouldn't. We needed to roll by that a little bit more. <laughs> so we we come to find out that the kids are being abused at this academy, mm -hmm. and then you see glimpses of Charlotte running away. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm unclear if she really left to take care of her mom, or if she maybe like ran away and then never came back, and then was able to get home and just stay with her mom. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe she. I took it as, like, but, she did run away, but her mom did also fall sick. So maybe the oh, Academy no, yeah. used that as the excuse, excuse for why they lost their, like, star pupil. Right, exactly. I think that might have been it. Because they have that scene where, like, she's staring at the, the light coming in mm -hmm. from underneath the door as, like, sort of, like, her way out. And then there's, like, scenes, like, sort of vague, fuzzy scenes of, you know, uh, preteen Charlotte running away from the house. So, yeah. Yeah, so after we learn about what's actually going on, uh, we head back to present time, where we see Anton dragging Charlotte down this hallway. Uh, and, you know, he drags Charlotte down to the chapel room, uh, where she has been chained to a chair. Uh, she's, like, like putting, like, this red dress. You know, she has, like, lipstick on and everything. Uh, and, nice shoes. And yeah, dressed to the nines in this case. And... They want her to perform for the instructors uh, again. And, you know, Charlotte mm -hmm. you know, says she isn't ready to play here. Uh, and, you know, Lizzie is here, kind of like amongst the instructors. And, you know, she's basically saying, like, you know, the uh, 
the way that they frame this is awful. Uh, the the abuse she saw as like a gift to reach heaven, like the perfection. So like she basically like solidified or told herself like the abuse was worth it in order to obtain that level right. of greatness as a musician. So like the punishment was worth the reward. Uh, in in this case, mm -hmm. for having that sort of success. And uh, they basically say, like, you know, Charlotte, if you can reach the perfection, you know, not make any mistakes, you know, we'll set you free. Uh, and we have Anton who is threatening her. Yes. We have Anton who is threatening her through Shane Lee, like their new protege. The new pupil, yeah, or who's, just arrived. Who's pegged to become the next protege because she doesn't have a tattoo yet. But it's clear, like, that's the next target. Right. Um, and... You know, she plays the piece. A mistake was made at some point. You know, it's not really evident. We're not really evident to us, but, uh, you know, to Anton, you know, he, he would know right away. Because uh, he's Brandon the one who's, on who's solo. Face too. Yeah. yeah, he's the one who chose the piece, and you can basically just see it from Charlotte as well. And then this is where, like, the, the abuse aspect comes into play, uh, where. You know, Lizzie wants to have, you know, the first take in this case before the other guys. And, you know, Anton's like, you know, let me well, know, they do usher let me know the when new she stops out. fighting. Yeah. Yeah. So they do usher the little girl out and, and we come to find out that it was just a, an empty threat and mm. that she wasn't ready. And so they take her away. And so, yeah, they're going to be uh, assaulting Charlotte. And so, yeah, the... um. Uh, Anton leaves the room, and so does uh, his lady friend. Who I don't know what the fuck's going on there. That too much, but the other two guys are still hanging out, and so is Lizzie. And so yes, Lizzie says that she wants to go first. Yeah, and, this is mine. <laughs> yeah, and then of course it's the obscene part where she's going to use her uh, her arm that mm -hmm. no longer has a hand to to um, to assault Charlotte. But right when they're getting into it. All of a sudden, the looks on Charlotte and Liz's faces change because the other two guys, uh, who apparently were Jeffrey and Theus, I never really cut their names when I watched the movie, the other two male teachers, they start coughing up a lot. And they start sort of looking kind of sick. And then mm -hmm. they drop down dead because they have been poisoned. And yep. then we come to find out, and here's the other part that you really hated. <laughs> Going back in time. To when uh, Lizzie breaks into Charlotte's house when Charlotte is cutting up way too much tomato for one person to eat. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. Like I'm, I I can I can put some tomato back, but she's cutting two gigantic tomatoes up just for her because her mom's not there anymore. But anyway, so stun gun. Lizzie stuns Charlotte. She's on the floor, and it is at this point where we come to realize that. Uh, that once Lizzie was rejected by Anton and the school in general, because she really didn't have anything else going on for her in her life, apparently, uh, she she remembers what Charlotte told her when they were still in China and she just cut off her hand, which is to say that she was so brainwashed by the academy that she didn't realize that the, the abuse that was happening was actually abuse and that there was no way she'd ever snap out of it or, or be able to like not be brainwashed unless she was completely useless to them and so that's why she got her to chop her hand off so that 
Anton would turn her back on her and then told her, and she then told her, but I won't turn my back on you. I will always be there for you. And so Charlotte was waiting for her to come find her, knowing full well that she would come full of anger and really hoping, I'm guessing, that she would see through the rage to understand what the ultimate bigger plan was. Or maybe and she just so, wanted uh, angry makeup sex. That too, because you know, I mean, that. why not? <laughs> you know life is full of different experiences and i don't understand why we can't have both Mm -hmm. and so everything once uh, starting from when lizzie shows up with her car with charlotte in the trunk of the car was already planned Mm -hmm. in order to kill everybody and so anton comes down the stairs wondering what's going on and wait no i missed a part because the lady comes in. Yeah, Paloma um, basically Paloma. stumbles into the room, uh, and Anton is already in there. Uh, oh, that's right. And she's shaking, and she pees herself a little bit. Yeah. And he's like, what's going on? And then she and then, she just faints because she's being uh, she was stabbed in the back by the girls. And, and they were her see. last moments. Yeah. Yeah, and then we see Lizzie and Charlotte. Uh, who and basically... Charlotte's changed into a hoodie and sweatpants. Mm-hmm. And here's the part I didn't understand. So Charlotte takes off her turns out to be a wig and she's got very short hair because of course we saw little snippets earlier of her having her head shaved and having uh pro um leads attached to her head to monitor you know activity because Mm. she's being electrocuted because she is in a mental institute but nobody else knows that but us so what is she taking off her wig and giving him like look at my short hair kind of look like what i don't well, I wonder if that was because, like, people didn't believe what was actually happening at the Academy where they just told her she was batshit crazy or something. But that, I guess. But I'm not, I'm was, not sure. I think, but yes, I think, that's I, a, I know I think it's mean. a continuity issue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. And so at this point, we get down to the attack. Did you want to finish it up? Well, the I, the part that I like about this sequence is mm-hmm. uh, kind of like the back and forth where like Lizzie has like the cleaver. <laughs> and she, <laughs> she has this line where she's uh, like, yeah. I'm going to chop your balls off and sell them as trinkets. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, this bitch is serious right now. <gasps> I also liked how they were playing like uh, like modern music mm-hmm. in the in the in the music chapel, sort of like as another affront to him saying fuck you and your church you know we're not gonna play your music here's something else and so yeah and then they go to attack they go in for the kill mm-hmm. but it gets messy it gets it surprisingly does. messy yeah they they try to attack anton but anton actually manages to overpower charlotte to the ground uh where we see him uh, reaching out towards a knife uh and charlotte ends up getting stabbed uh in the arm like lengthwise like yeah. he takes out and her it, whole arm yeah and it yeah it goes straight down dragging it down uh but you know lizzie's actually there to uh hit anton repeatedly with a, a fire poker yeah uh which was yeah. nice so there's a sequence right after this which ties in perfectly to the directors of the last movie we, we talked about so there's this sequence with anton who has had his arms and his legs cut off so he's and his being, eyeballs are so much better. Or his eyelids. He's, he's being kept alive uh, so he can experience this duet between Charlotte and Lizzie, where, you know, we have Charlotte kind of like working the bow. Uh, Lizzie, mm-hmm. with her good hand, uh, has, her good has, hand. <laughs> has her notes, uh, is playing the notes. 
but it reminded me of American Mary with the doctor because it's the same sort of setup with the torture aspect of it. So I'm like, holy shit. Like, I wonder if that's where they got the idea because it's a very similar look Mm -hmm. in everything. So I was like, okay. And then, you know, they play their duet. I don't know if like that's their, their plan moving forward, but, you know... He got to witness one last performance, essentially. His crotch is all bandaged up, too, so I'm guessing they messed with that as well. Well, I mean, she Lizzie wanted to sell his balls to shrink it, so yeah. Yeah, so I wonder how much you got for those. Hmm. Hmm. So yeah, and that's the movie. And like I was saying before, uh, it was it's gotten a lot of uh, criticism, and I'm not quite sure why. I mean, it's not a masterpiece it's not like mm-hmm. one of these amazing movies that i'm gonna watch and rewatch, and then like you know make my friends watch but it's also i didn't think it was a bad movie and uh there was all of the criticism i think that maybe i've got two theories mm-hmm. right so criticism number one is that the way that it was promoted the way that it was promoted was very bait and switch which okay. is very very annoying i know that it was promoted as sort of a a pandemic movie with a pandemic aspect, which was not even in two minutes worth of movie. So they were focusing on the vomiting aspect. Right. Okay. So they're pushing that. And it was, and it's very annoying when you watch the movie and realize that it, it, it seriously has no effect on the movie. And then secondly, it was really hyped. The movie, when it came out, uh, it was the, the promotion behind it was really strong uh, misleading and con- and just persistent. So if you're selling something so hard and you're getting everybody's attention and everybody goes to watch it and you're not delivering, then of course you're going to get a lot of negative feedback. Mm-hmm. So I totally get it on that part. But, and I also definitely agree with the whole like rewind thing that they did twice. Very obnoxious. It's, <laughs> it's very annoying. I, I also dislike it, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> So I've only liked it once, and it was a memento, and I can't even watch that movie twice because now it just seems like it it's so long and repetitive because mm-hmm. it is. You can only watch that movie once, or at least I can. And so my old, the other thing that I'm thinking is that it's um, they're very they 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 really go for it too. Like they 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 move forward with two really obscene uh, approaches to the movie, and I feel like maybe people just can't deal with that. And are sort of finding different reasons to dislike it that are not as strong because they don't want to talk about it, which right. is honestly, I guess, kind of fine. You know, you deal with what you can. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my perspective where it's like, I don't understand why. Like, there was some criticism about how nobody behaved in a rational way. And I'm thinking, well, first of all, sir, you're watching a horror movie. And uh, oh, and the movie was disjointed and didn't make sense. Well, if you work with the ending and the and the and the big reveal and you work backwards it it makes sense you know it's a horror mm-hmm. movie and it's a revenge movie and it makes sense there's no there's no really uh i don't know like it's it, there, there there's no big offensive you know plot points that you know would really disregard this movie as 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 being a you know a decent movie or an okay movie mm-hmm. so that's that's where i'm coming from and so like i was really hoping to discuss this movie because I want to like kind of just talk about that point a little more about like why do you think like people were are so worked up about it? Well, I I really do feel a lot of it is just revolving around the trafficking aspect of it. Yeah, it's rough. and just 
the the notion that reaching a certain golden life is something to make up for any sort of abuse that you had to endure in order to well, reach that level. That's the villain's point of view, so we already yeah. can discount it as being a legitimate sort of argument. But um, I I did like seeing the part where, and and maybe you as a, as a musician too can can sort of tell me a little bit about it, but it does seem kind of intensely sad because to, to see like sort of dedication to something so it's it's you know i i'm a musician i love music mm -hmm. you know music is a big old part of my life but it's uh, and for those people that are so passionate that they just want to do it every day all day long because they love it of course you know but then you have this other aspect of kids that are being raised to to perform and in in a in a way that is so mechanical that it's it's sort of and so mechanical and so intense that they don't develop any other skills really mm -hmm. so these two girls when they can't play music they don't have anything else going on and it's just um i thought that was kind of an interesting approach to that too just kind of like that hollow victory of of dedicating yourself to something that that you're that is not even your own personal passion it's a passion that somebody put into you mm -hmm. so yeah oh. i think both methods can really just lead to destructive behavior yeah anyway you know because, you know, there are points where you just get so fixated on trying to perfect a certain, like, section of a piece that mm -hmm. kind of drives you insane at times because you just have that mindset of, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to stop until I get this right. And, you know, sometimes you don't get it right. And... Were you in a, so you were a violinist. I, mm -hmm. I grew up playing the piano, and I remember I have this piece that I played uh, that was the, the the toughest piece that I ever played, and um, it took I, all all I can remember from my ten years of piano was practicing this one piece. And now, because I haven't played in like sixteen, eighteen years, um, the only piece that I can remember is that one piece. And the only parts that I can play out of that piece are the toughest ones mm -hmm. because we're the ones that I that I spent the most time on. But that being said, like I did take a good amount of pleasure in going crazy and obsess and obsessing over it. But it was it only it came from me. It didn't come from anybody else. Mm -hmm. Like I, I didn't have a teacher that was really pressuring me. My parents weren't pressuring me. So you know, there's a, there's a little bit of joy in the in the obsession too. But that's not what this movie's about. Did you get right. to? Did you feel the same way? In in terms of being like pressured to nail certain no, parts. No, in, in terms of like finding a little bit of like kind of eh, interest and in, in passion in, in the obsession. Oh, in the obsession of actually like nailing everything. Yeah. See, as as a second violinist, I was more relaxed because I I didn't mm -hmm. have as much pressure on me. But I still wanted to always make sure that even if I didn't feel the need to practice, I would still practice. Ah, you know, dedication. But but a lot of it was just you know there 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 was pressure in the sense that you know I knew that our high school had one of the better programs. That's really cool. So there was a, there was a certain distinction about um, being in that orchestra and knowing that, you know, we were one of the competitive driven, <laughs> uh, like not necessarily tour, but, you know, just people who would travel uh, from time to time in order to compete against other schools. Uh, so, you know, there's definitely a discussion to be had about what's expected what's expected of students to perform at a certain level. But I wouldn't necessarily say like that mindset was instilled from chair to chair. 
mm-hmm. you know, because you did have sections that might not have put in the same amount of work or didn't drive themselves oh, insane yeah. to practice. And it, there there were times where my instructor would have us go uh, kind of like chair to chair on select parts of a piece to like spotlight who was actually putting into work and who was just kind of oh, like coasting by. <laughs> so there there were those That's moments intense. of anxiety uh, to be sure. And that was like even like outside um and we would have practices in different like groups as well in order to practice certain sections, uh, you know, that, you know, he kind of like spotlighted that we needed more work on. Uh, but, you know, I get it. I get the obsession and I, 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 I get the feeling of wanting to push yourself to, you know, be more competitive than the next person or to overtake who's ever in the first chair, but not to the point where I'm going to swap out someone's drugs <laughs> have them hallucinate and then uh tell them that they're vomiting bugs and have them cut their f- fucking hand off like you know it's just, I wouldn't put that's it the extreme <laughs> <laughs> and like the whole movie like, it wasn't that the music wasn't even the point it was mm-hmm. a cult and that was yes. like the, the whole point that it was a, a cult uh but yeah so i think you know going back to the the hatred that the movie has gotten i think i think it's just people sort of uh discussed maybe in in the in the those two different aspects of the movie that that were pretty intense Mm -hmm. because overall like the production value is pretty solid the acting is okay i had an okay time watching that i mean uh it was a little over the top for the most part in the acting side but i think overall like good i think part of that though is how prolonged the bus sequence was Oh. It was very drawn out, and I can understand that point because Lizzie does repeat herself a lot, and like that, it, it honestly feels like an eight to ten minute section of the movie during that bus ride where she's just complaining, and that's before she's actually getting off the bus and then brought back on the bus before she's eventually mm-hmm. kicked off said bus. You know, <laughs> so oh, yeah. maybe maybe that's the the point in of the movie in which people just was like, okay, I get it. You don't feel good. And then everything just kind of fell to the wayside at that point for them. Yeah. Yep. So that's the perfection. I don't know. What do you give it uh, out of 10 points? Uh, I think, uh, let's see what IMDb gave it. Out of 10 po- well, Rotten Tomatoes gave it 71% and IMDb gave it 6.2 out of 10. I would, like, I would put it closer I, to IMDb. I would I would probably yeah. say six for me personally. Yeah, I would agree. I think I've seen compare uh, considering the the rating of IMDb in some of my more favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Like that's more than flattering a six a six point two. Yeah, yeah. I I've watched plenty of three point fours. Oh man, you are dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes I go through and I'm like, okay, anything with a six and above, mm-hmm. I will dedicate myself to. And I'm like, damn it, I've already seen those. But uh, but yeah, the perfection. There we go. All right. So next week, what do we got next week? Uh, this one is yours that you were really stoked about watching. Okay. So initially, I was I was wanting to do our fashion month, uh, but we decided not to do Ooh. that. Uh, but Mine goes along with it. Uh, we are going to be talking about The Stylist, uh, which was released last year in 2020, directed by Jill. Oh, geez. She's such a Ooh. long last name. Uh, <laughs> J- oh, that wasn't Jafar a that wasn't a- <laughs> Yeah, 
Jill Jivar Gizian. I it's that's a rough name to pronounce. <laughs> there's 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 too many Jews in there. <laughs> so if we would have gone with fashion, I mean, I know there's Neon Demon that we could have mm-hmm. mentioned, but I thought it was the word that we talked about. But I thought that it was too similar. Mm-hmm. I guess to that. um uh, to Rabbit, and um, so I was kind of worried that uh that it would be too much of an overlap. Yeah, but uh, I'm excited for the stylist. Yeah, the other one I had my eye on was In Fabric, which was one of the A24 movies. Ooh. In Fabric, how's that one? Well, that's another. Yeah. Well, that's another fashion in, fashion story. based one about the uh, a haunted dress. <gasps> we could have watched a haunted dress. <laughs> Shit! Oh, stupid perfection. <laughs> oh wow! I mean, you know, may, maybe if you're feeling froggy, you'll just watch it after. Yay! After after a watch through <laughs> stuff, but I'm looking forward to this one. I've heard pretty good things about this. This is another movie that I learned through uh, the Soska sisters actually hyping it up a lot on their oh, social cool. media because uh, it was initially a uh, a short film that's later made into a feature after doing some crowdfunding. So I'm looking forward to checking this one out because it's been on my radar for a while and I just haven't got into it yet. So what better time to do it than here on Handle with Scare? Woohoo! All right, that's awesome. Ooh, maybe you could do in fabric in one of your uh, Twisted Tuesdays. No? I think I already did, to yes. be honest. Damn it. That's what we watched. Damn it. <laughs> and I've yet to catch one of those. Yeah. Okay. Oh, speaking of which, <laughs> speaking of Twisted Tuesday, uh, so, okay, this is coming out a week a- a week after we watched this, besides okay. the point, uh, but we watched a newer, a semi-new release called We Should Do Something. Ooh. Which... If you are not a fan of movies that don't have a clear ending, I can't recommend <laughs> it. But but it, the only <laughs> thing the only thing I knew going in, and this is one that I paired with the Beach House, which is one that I caught uh, at the Chattanooga Film Festival. The only is thing that the I one with the aliens. What the Beach House? Yeah, the Beach House is like environmental horror. But they're aliens, right? No, I wouldn't say that. Okay, let's go back to Twisted Tuesday talk. But anyways, so we should do something. The only thing I knew going in was it starred Pat Healy. Uh, and oh shit, I'm trying to remember the chick's name. It's one of the girls who starred in American Horror Stories in the first two episodes. Emma Roberts? No, the one with the the other one? No, the sp- it was the spin-off one. Hold on. Oh, the oh, sure. It's not a It's not Cindy Crawford's daughter, is it? I'm pulling up IMDb. Because I cannot remember. But anyways, so the only thing I knew is I was told, like, there's a tornado or something, and, like, this family is stuck inside their bathroom, basically, mm-hmm. um, for the duration of the movie. It's uh, Sierra McCormick, who was cool. the, the teenage daughter in this one. She was in the spin okay. uh, for AHS in the first two episodes for the Murder House episodes. Uh, but basically, like, this movie... Um, you know, it's complete isolation. They're stuck in the bathroom the entire time after, like, the storm. But there's, like, these really, like, random things kind of, like, thrown into the story, revolving around, like, witchcraft, and put in a spell on a classmate because the daughter hooks up with some other chick at school, and the one of the guys was trying to, like, videotape them, so they put a curse on him. And, like, I guess it was, like, supposed to... Like, they, like... 
they uh, cut a ton, basically. So I don't know if they were like trying to cut the kids' ton out or whatever. But like, there's oh, so Jesus. many, there's so many things that happen in this movie that feel random, where they just like throw it in and try to see like what sticks. But it's it's kind of like Lovecraftian esque oh, okay. in a sense that we don't really know what's happening on the other side of the door. But we're tell just... me, there's Nicolas Cage in there. No, there's not. Damn it. It's not the like color out of space, out of space or anything. Um, or any of his other recent movies. Uh, he's but doing great. He, he, I love the movies he's selecting because they're very different, mm-hmm. and I like that. You know, it's just it's not what you would expect from Cage, and he's been doing that a lot ever since like Drive Angry uh, when that mm-hmm. came out, which I really like too. Uh, but it's just good job. It's just a lot of like mystique around what's actually happening, but not getting the answers is kind of frustrating. Oh, I see. You know, it's one yeah. of those type of movies. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. All right. All right. I'm interested. Well, this has been uh, our show this week. It's been a long night. It's uh, been a long night. <laughs> after. <laughs> back-to-back recordings but uh you know fingers crossed you know no one no one goes missing for for weeks like uh josh did after trekking through the green inferno oh my goodness i hope our podcast isn't haunted oh man maybe it's us maybe we're oh my god oh shit i wouldn't be surprised (laughs) after the week i've had okay well i'm excited for the stylist and i'm excited for the last one which is the stepford wives going back to the 70s so that'll be very, very exciting. Talk about perfection, right? <laughs> I don't uh, think I've seen the full movie. I've seen clips. Ooh, you're in for a treat. You're going to like it. It's mean-spirited. The boys are very mean in that movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll watch that and the remake. I Yeah, I think that's a good idea, actually. And we can talk about them both. Yeah, because that was released... Uh, it was, it's now, been a like while. Years ago. It's No, it's more than that. It was over 15, at least. I lose track of years very easily now. Yeah, I, that's that's understandable. All I remember is it has Nicole Kidman in it. And that's all you need uh-huh. to know. <laughs> oh my goodness, 2004. There you go. Lots of years. Directed by Frank Oz. Oh my goodness. But yeah, that will be oh. the last one. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll get there in a few weeks. But next week is the stylist. But for now, Holly, you know, it's that time. Close up shop, all that good stuff. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Uh, so if you guys want to contact the show, you can do so a couple of different ways. You can find us uh, over on Twitter at Handle with Scare. Uh, we have our website at handlewithscarepod.com. You can also email us at handlewithscarepod uh, at gmail.com, as well as uh, reach us on Discord, which you can find our link over in the show notes. But for this week, that will do it for us here tonight on Handle with Scare. I've been your host, T. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Holly Hooch, and we'll see you back next week. See ya.